Hello, hello, and welcome to Sufficiently Black, the podcast that explores what it means to be comfortable in your blackness. I'm Amari, one of your co-hosts, here with... Kia. And Janae. Pew, pew. That's usually Janae's. Pew, 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 pew! Yeah, thank you. You're thank welcome. You, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, before we get into it, just wanted to remind all of our listeners that you should join our Discord channel. You can also catch us on IG and Twitter where we're talking lots of foolishness, but also lots of informative things. Guys, how are y'all? I know it's been a long day after work. Yeah. I think we're all on the same wavelength of just being like, tired and it's just been a long Tuesday it's been a long Tuesday um I know I'm going to Memphis I leave like tomorrow at 6 a.m I still have to like wash my hair so it's just been a long Tuesday but it's fine because this is adulthood ain't it though yeah wow yeah 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 I'm not having the best day but I will say that I took Janae to a comedy show yesterday, and I wanted to hear Janae's yeah, thoughts. Yeah, how did that go? Okay, the comedy show. Um, I can complain about a lot, but what I will lead with is I got some good laughs. I got some good... Sh- no, I'm going to stay true to myself and complain about what I'm going to complain about, and then I will talk about the good things. Because, like, you know when you're trying to be positive because sometimes you think you're negative, but then you're like, no, nah, I'm just being a real-ass myself. So, first off, I was annoyed because this comedy show was at The Jane, which, if you've ever been to The Jane, it's such a cute setup. And there are, like, couches all around, but there were no seats. There were there were six seats in that whole john and 200 goddamn people. So there was nowhere to sit. And Wait, so y'all are standing? Amari, they almost had us stand. <laughs> and me and Kia had to get creative, and we pulled out a damn table to sit on. We were sitting on the table. <laughs> what is And this? we got there, like, 30 minutes early. 30, 20 minutes early, something like that. Yeah, between that time frame, yeah. And then the act goes on 30 minutes late. And it starts off, I guess the format of the comedy show was like three guys that are hosting it as like a comedy troupe. And as Kia told me, some of them work for SNL and there are a lot of like new and young comics and people who are like heavyweight champs now because they've they work at SNL or whatever. So at first it started off like it just sounded like it was three best friends having a podcast. And I'm like, I could do this from the comfort of my home instead of sitting on a really uncomfortable table with my heavy triple D titties weighing on my back and now my back hurts. But anyway, once we got into the comedy show, it was good. The first guy who went, he was so cute and he was very funny. He had some good dark humor in there. Great. Then there was another girl named Rosebud. She killed it. Um, there was an old guy. He he was all right. And then there was a white guy. He had some good impressions. He did like an impression he was of also Trump. On SNL. Yeah, he does Trump on SNL. Oh, he does Trump on SNL. Oh, okay, okay. Well, he oh shit he he was he wasn't my cup of tea, but his Trump SNL was pretty spot on. So. All in all, but me and Kia got dinner before that. We walked and talked a lot. So all in all, I would give the night a solid 7 out of 10. And it would have been a 10 out of 10 if there were seats. Yes, and they were on time. Yeah, I basically I haven't been on the show in like three years. It's actually the last comedy show before I got COVID or before COVID. Um, but yeah, the seating, not the the best locations not the easiest but i was a little disappointed in the beginning because they they clearly didn't rehearse anything it felt very like man podcast ish um but it got better and rosebud is the only one i was truly truly familiar with and i really love her comedy so i'm excited that janae liked her comedy too no she was Um, great if there's another rosebud show i will go because she yeah she was making jokes about like abortion she was making like you gotta look at her um she has a netflix special oh 
Rosebud Baker, or it's either Netflix or YouTube. Let me just double check because they're all the same now. Um, no, it's YouTube. I'll send it to you. Yeah, it's really not saying they're all the same. They are now. They are. Like, yeah. I watched so many full specials on YouTube that I cannot yeah. remember. Like, is it YouTube? Is YouTuber. it Netflix? Like, well, I don't they, know. And, and my favorite is now that, like, all the streamings are, like, now reintroducing, like, ads. In, yeah. Uh, like, or they're introducing yourself. ads into streamings. I'm like, isn't this why? Wasn't that the whole business proposition yeah. of a streaming platform yes, is literally. no ads? Wait a minute. When Netflix gets ads, I'm going to fucking riot. That's not in the cards, is it? <laughs> I mean, I think it was NB. I think NB. I think Peacock maybe started. No, Netflix started said some. they were. Netflix said they yeah. were. They said Hulu it's going to be a different tier. Hulu it's going to be like Hulu. Did it. Yeah, like yeah. Hulu, it's $5 if you have ads and then whatever if you don't. And then Netflix is going to basically adopt that. That's really annoying. I'm so sick of all these money-grubbing tech companies. You know what's crazy, though? I was at the airport... <laughs> I swear this this is going to relate back to it. But we were, there was like the, the pre-check line was so fast. And then you go to the general check-in line and it was like, it, it, the line was so long I couldn't see the front of like the security. And I'm like, dang, it really sucks to be not rich because you got all these long ass lines and you got to do all these like commoner commoner stuff oh she said commoner stuff Com- wow i, I am common a commoner I, I am a I commoner too am common folk no i too yeah and i'm just like dang like we gotta like but if you think about them like they have commodified the highways like if you want to go fast on like the highway you gotta go th- you gotta go on the what's easy it called pass. easy pass yeah like <laughs> everything you have to be rich to like have a decent life essentially also like nothing's fast anymore was this janae i was talking to you about yeah, yeah yesterday i was just bitching about how like after pandemic like no fast food no fast quick grocery store just nothing is fast Mm-mm. like can we just make things faster nothing is fast because also like all of the line there's like two uh, the grocery store there's like two cashiers yeah. and the rest is like self-checkout and you know we can't check ourselves out like cashiers can check us mm-hmm. out <laughs> It's a struggle. I just want things to be, like, fast and, like, not crazy expensive. Is that too much to ask for? It is. Is that too much? In 2022. Apparently, it is, man. You know, I was looking at our Instagram from from going into the 2022, and it was, I made a meme that it was, like, Beyonce, you know, and Lemonade hitting the window shield, and it's, like, essentially, like, hitting 2022. 2021 and then 22 because it's all shit mm-hmm. i'm gonna just add 2023 to the list because i can tell you right now it's not gonna be a good year oh what? no i hope it is yeah. i will say I can... 2022 is not at least personally i guess it, it could be worse i've had much much worse years so i'll just say you know what it could be worse i'm not even talking about like from the personal perspective like i just feel like the world perspective oh no the world is shit yeah, yeah i'm just like looking at shit i'm like i don't think it's I can't. It's gonna get better anytime. I can't focus on the world because I just, I just know it's trash. Yeah, we need a, we need a Jesus Christ Himself coming to. That means it's the end of the world, isn't the second coming of Christ the end of the world? Then end it because (laughs) I'd rather be saved at this point. We don't even know we gonna be saved. I was about to say, I'm I'm saved. Do you talk to Jesus? Do you know Jesus? I do talk to Jesus. We are uh, tight, and yes, we're tight. I'm confident. I'm confident that homeboy's gonna swoop me up and I might be first on that list. Oh, okay? Kia so, first! Kia, bitch, I will find first. you when he leaves all of our I will be on the top of... G- I'm in VIP on Jesus' list. Girl, please. I just want to say that. And <laughs> What? Girl, please. I am not, I am not a demon. I'm not a devil. No, I'm but saved. that's the thing. That's Ish. the thing. You don't have to be a demon or a devil to get left, and most of the world is probably going to get left. I'm not getting left. I feel like the no offense to white people. I feel like y'all had a have generations of fucked upness, and y'all gonna be last. And I just, I just feel like I, I'm a, I'm a product of, of people who are you know very strong and have adapted a lot. And I feel like I deserve to be first on that list. Kia, I feel like because you're a part of a line that's been adaptive and has able to survive this long, your ass is going to be left. Jesus is going to be like, you've been no. doing this a long time. Keep going. There, I refuse to believe that black people have endured slavery to be left last. I feel like all of this has got to have a reason. There has got to be a winning game for us. 
it's not just we have great food and great hair and great all these things on earth (laughs) there has got to be an ending there's got to be something i refuse to believe that we've endured all this for nothing to be left last no no listen i'm saying my mother is sanctified and holified by proxy i'm getting in that joint by proxy I remember taking a religious course in college and I can't remember what movie they made us watch, but it was like with one of the teenage sons from oh, Frig. It was like this really popular show in the 90s. I don't know. Oh, his sister is Cam- Candace Cameron. Uh, oh, the, the white girl? from Yeah, like the, her, yeah, but her brother was in a different popular show with remember. Robin Thicke's dad. I forgot what it was called. Robin Thicke's Anyways. dad. Yeah, Alan super- Thicke? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, in the movie, people, you know, get taken up or whatever. And then everyone's, like, trying to figure out who got left. And it was, like, his pastor was left behind. <laughs> the pastors be doing Dang. <laughs> I'm just saying, we don't know everyone's relationship with Jesus behind closed doors. Because y'all be thinking the Joel Osteens and stuff might be first. And that's a no-no. That's not happening. Well, my mama is sanctified and holified. We'll see. I was blessed by I'm the River saved. Jordan. So then, therefore, I am... That's the same river that Jesus was blessed in, so I'm gonna be saved too. Yeah, I'll see y'all in heaven. Yeah, I'll see y'all in heaven or not. We'll We'll see. see. (laughs) We'll see. Anyway, Uh, okay, yeah, we can get into our first segment um, with what's new in Black History, Kia. Um, well, it's not new because it's history, but I got, I got I got some facts for y'all, which I'm very excited about. Um, okay, so October 16th, 1901, shortly after moving into the White House, President Theodore Roosevelt invited his advisor, the African-American spokesman, Booker T. Washington, to dine with him and his family. The event provoked an outpouring of uh, condemnation condemnation from white politicians and press in the Af- uh, than American South. This reaction affected um, the White House practice, and no other African-American was invited to the dinner for almost 30 years. So basically, long story short, uh, Booker T. Washington was invited to have dinner with the president. White folks uh, caused an uproar, and then no one, no black person was invited to have dinner at the White House for almost 30 years. And I brought this up because Booker T. Washington feels like he could be related to our topic of a safe black person for white people. Um, I feel like he might have been like one of the first people that black people would have thought about that with. So I thought that was interesting. And then the next fact, October 16th, 1995 An estimated 850,000 African-American men from across the U.S. gathered together at the National Mall in Washington, D.C. to rally in one of the largest demonstrations in Washington history called the Million Man March. This march surpassed the 1963 march on Washington, where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave his historic I Have a Dream speech. This march was organized and hosted by the Nation of Islam leader, who called for all able-bodied African-American men to come to the nation's capital to address the ills of black communities he said those who aren't um who are unable to attend he asked them to stay home and um he asked them to stay home from work and keep their children out of school for the day to show their support for the objectives of the march and he also asked that all supporters of this movement were asked to refrain from spending money on October 16th to illustrate to the US the importance of the African American dollar for the national economy And so after this march, it wasn't just a march. I thought this was really interesting. Um, Over 1.5 million black men registered to vote for the first time. And there was also an upsurge in the number of black children adopted by uh, African-American families. So I just thought this was really dope because I I personally never heard about this. Um, And if I did, it might have been like once or twice that my dad mentioned it and I didn't really remember. But this is like one of the biggest demonstrations, um, larger than the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speech. And I just thought it was really nice to see like black men coming together and like they kind of vowed to like not harm like any women or children or not be involved. Like they took an oath to not be involved with like gang violence and to protect the home and to protect women and to vote. And um, I just thought it was really awesome. And I, I was telling Janae yesterday that I really wish this was something that we saw today. 
where I feel like there's a lot of just like back and forth between black men and women. And I feel like it's nice to see like, especially black men, like just take accountability and, and want to be better for their communities. Um, and I also thought this was timely because me and Janae talked about uh, the latest episode of Chan Boudran's podcast, Lover and Friends, where this man was just, he had a lot of trauma um, and he basically like out of nowhere just was like shitting on black women and was like, they all want people with gold chains and money and, and I want a Latina because they don't require much. And it's just, you know, hearing that constantly in this day, it's kind of just like, it would be nice to see something like this. Like when people just take like accountability and want to do better by the community. So Amari's face. Amari's face. You gotta list girl. You gotta listen No, to I don't know. You know you know I can't. Yeah, you know, Amari, I, can't. I feel like about. you'll try to burn something down. And I told Kia because <laughs> I listened to it first and I could not like I had to split up it listening was hard. to the podcast. I forced myself to listen to it because I was like, let me see what this brother has to say and how Shannon, you know talks to him and I was like let me see someone else's perspective and when talking to Kia about it I was like girl I don't know if you should listen to this because no I was I it was it was I still want to be educated on stuff but yeah it was kind of annoying but it was just like damn this is stupid I also think like part of me doesn't listen to that type of stuff in order to also protect the image of black men because it's like the more I listen to it the more I have this like more narrowed view of like oh, everyone thinks this way, and then I have to, like, remind myself that, like, no, that's not all black men. Um, obviously, oh, of course but. not. And of course a not. really interesting part, piece of that episode is this man, he's, like, Jason Derulo's DJ or something like that. He's been in love and hip-hop, but he's lived in L.A. for a really long time. So he's talking about the women that he encounters in L.A. like they're the women in the rest of the world. And I think a really interesting part about the world that we live in now is all of us live in these small echo chambers. We don't think we do because we have so much access to so many different things, but all of our social media pumps us with content that we engage with. So it's the same shit. Everyone around us is saying the same shit over and over again. Um and that's just the way his thinking was. He's like, you know, the women that he's encountered in L.A. are gold diggers. So therefore, all women are gold diggers. And it's like us being on TikTok and watching all of these videos of people saying, this group of people are shit. This group of people are shit. And then we think, well, they're shit. You know, I just went off on a tangent. But no, I, mean, sense. I feel like it's why there's I've been talking a lot people like the importance of like in-person community because i feel like we're all just like online looking at shit not talking to anyone just like intaking all this information yeah and i feel like we just point. need to like and that's why i don't like person. the metaverse like why do we need a metaverse why can't we just no that's person? weird to me it's no. fucking weird and we need to stop it it's weird i think it's a way to gain control of people so rich people could be rich people and do what they want to do and we can all just be like fat brain dead zombies like in what's that yeah. movie with the hunk of junk, Wally. Yeah. It's also like we, we, I just feel like it's a way for like, someone made this point. It was like, in, it's like incels and like the weirdos who like don't know how to actually communicate or have social skills. Like they create this, these things like the metaverse or like, it's kind of like dating apps. Like dating app was created by nerds who like literally couldn't get women in real life. You and so like they had to stalk them. What'd you say? Like the guy who did, wasn't that the guy who did Hinge? It's like, he's yeah, like exactly. His, his yeah. Wife. He's a terrible person. His story fucking sucks. And that's how, like, a lot, like, Tinder, they're, they're terrible men. Like, it's just terrible men creating these things. This was on Girls have, like, Gotta that. Eat. They said this. They had a male guest, and the male yes. guest was basically, yeah, yeah, he was basically, like, you have to understand that if you're a normal person who doesn't have a hard time talking to people, dating apps might not be for you, because these apps were created by a whole bunch of nerdy men who don't know how to talk to people. So, Yeah. Anyway, speaking of love and dating, yeah, it's a beautiful segue into my things I found on the internet. I mean, granted, it is kind of sad, and I don't know why it's impacting me this much, but um, I was really taken aback by the news of Tia Maori and uh, Corey Hardick getting a divorce. Um, and my sister and I were like just exchanging messages on instagram and she's just like you know 
she's like, I just like really want to know what happened between them because he kept on denying allegations of, you know, cheating and Tia hasn't really said anything like in relation to that. And I was just like, well, what if they simply grew apart? And my my sister said something that just like made me kind of sad. And it was essentially along the lines of um, like, I don't want it to be dramatic or anything, but love that just dies makes me sad. And I was like, wow, I feel like we're just like, particularly for black people, I feel like we're all just like hungry for like images of like long lasting black love that does not include uh, like adultery or like different other forms of like abuse, but like last long and like people stay together. And I think, I don't know, I think, I think this couple was like on their way to being like, they've been together for 14 years. So it was just kind of like, sad to see that dissolution of a uh, a relationship but also I think I also want to brought, bring it up because I think the, it's like weird the way celebrities address their like separations or divorces on social media and like create videos in reference to like their divorce or just like Tia's been like posting a lot of stuff and I'm like Maybe I don't understand it because, like, no one cares enough about my life to, like, need updates, but I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, I think we just never know what's going on in closed doors. Like, I feel like people can present like they're a happy couple and then we really don't know what's going on. Like, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, like, no one knew that nigga was choking her out and hitting the kids for X amount of time. Or just, Um, like, Ned from the Try Guys. Ned from the fucking Try Guys, man. I just feel like no one knows. No one knows. (laughs) He made his entire brand about his wife. Sorry. He made his entire brand about his wife, then cheated on her publicly with a coworker. That's insane. I also don't believe that any man that's like relatively famous is monogamous. I just feel like they're like almost incapable of it. That's just my opinion. I just feel like they're, I'm just going to expect that all of them cheat. Adam Divine, I'm, just, I'm expecting that all of y'all are cheaters or I don't know. I just don't trust famous, famous or rich man or, or both. But I was gonna say any, but yeah, I mean, I really don't trust any, <laughs> but especially rich or famous. Like you know, it's like dating a football player and be like, oh my god, he cheated on me. You know, it would be sad, but I'd be like, expected. I don't know. Um, but I do think like black people are always. I feel like are we've gone through generations of like terrible things, so that's why we want to see black love, and then you know you have. A lot of things like making it hard for black love to exist but i i also just think like for us to expect anything in our lives to stay the same forever it's kind of a reach and i feel like we only do that with love and i just don't know if that's a fair expectation like i'm not saying go into like a relationship thinking it's going to end but i i feel like we have to reshape our mind to be like this relationship taught me a lot it's unfortunate that it didn't like keep but I just feel like we can't force, like, we're just never going to be the same people throughout our lives. I don't know. I feel like our society hates divorce and breaks up so much where I really don't, I think people are resilient. I feel like that's the point of life. And I feel like love is the only thing that people, like, make a huge deal about that ends. Like, if you lose your job or, like, quit your job, it's not like, oh, my God, you're not committed (laughs) to the same job forever. It's like, I don't know. I just feel like we need to, like, reshape that. It's not normal. Well, the Obamas are still together. And we don't know what happens in their relationship either. Yeah. I swear to G, it better be COVID. It better, better be, be good. good. It better be good, but we just don't know. Michelle's don't talked know about struggling. Michelle's talked See? about struggling. And I mean, Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce when he doesn't even deserve her. So I might get some I mean, flack for a, that. I might a, get flack for that, but. No, you won't. I don't know anyone who's disagreeing with that. Most men do. Whenever I say they that in front of up. men, they get very like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, chill the fuck Jay-Z out. Because Jay-Z has money? That's all? Yeah, that's, that's typically. They're like, because Jay-Z has money. And I'm like, sure. And Beyonce great. has and money. Beyonce she, has she, money too, and she looks that? like Beyonce. Exactly. Yeah. And Jay-Z is looking real sorry. ridiculous nowadays. I'm sorry. I respect yeah. dreadlocks. I really do. No, but he the looks big crazy. chunky ones, I don't like them. He's he's trying to do the weekends old stuff. I don't like. And the weekend looked like an idiot with those two. He did. And J he Cole did, too. But that was his thing. But the weekend started it. Is my point. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Well, 
I can't remember how we came about this episode. And it was probably me talking about it and being like, that would be a cool episode as I feel like it's everything. And then I forget about it. And then Kia's like, remember, you were the person who said, let's do this. And I was like, oh, I just be throwing out ideas, y'all. I dropped my chopstick. Anyway, as Kia mentioned, as preview, today we are talking about like the comfortable black person that makes white people feel safe. Like if you've ever noticed, I'm switching over to read from our little script. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that there is always that black person that white people like a lot? Like their fan base is primarily white and they're the first person your white coworker name drops and trying to relate to you. Well, that's what this episode is about. Those black people that white people really like. We want to explore those things. And just as like an example, if you're like, what? Who's that? Think like Lizzo, Kanye, Oprah, Travis Scott, Nicole Byer, Donald Glover, Kid Cudi. Those are like the type of black people that we're talking about that white people are just like, oh, my God, I love Kid Cudi. And you're like, no one was talking about Kid Cudi. Why are you talking about Kid Cudi? They just start quoting Drake for no reason. <laughs> oh, Drake. We also we also put this ask out on social and got a lot of responses. Ooh, I want to hear. Ooh. We yeah. have some on Twitter, too, but I'll let you go first. Okay, let me get the archive story. Sorry, I should have had this up from the jump, but luckily it was very quick. So the question was, yeah, who was a famous black celebrity that white people love? Did not need any added context. (laughs) And people went in. (laughs) They said, um, Oprah, Oprah, Kanye, Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Hart, Lizzo, Trevor Noah, Gerard Carmichael, uh, Dwayne Johnson, Will Smith, Someone said it used to be Will Smith. Um, Key and or Peel. Um, Tyler Perry. Uh, Beyonce. Nick Cannon. Uh, Keenan Thompson. Prince. LeVar Burton. Prince. Obama. Tupac. Tracy Ellis Ross. Tupac? I'm not disagreeing <laughs> And Bob Marley. I mean, most of those are I would agree with. I don't know if I agree with Beyonce because... Who doesn't like her? Well, it used to be Beyonce, but Beyonce's too black now. If we were saying Beyonce in like 20, I don't know, 2009 to 2012, I'd be like, yeah, but. It's that SNL sketch. Do you guys remember that? When they're like, white people found out Beyonce's black and they start like burning (laughs) shit down. That's like one of the best sketches ever. They're like, Beyonce's a Negro? (laughs) 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 Because that's really how white people act. They're just like. I love this Negro. And then once it's like Colin Kaepernick, they take me. They're like, what? He's a nigga. And then they like <laughs> go ape shit. <laughs> and you're like, wait, he was always black. Um, yeah. But um, okay. Here are the ones on Twitter. It's funny because people just reacted in gifts. It's so cute. Um, <laughs> so someone put a, a gif of Sterling K. Brown. Someone put a gif of Kevin Hart, which I think is probably a big one. Mm. Someone put um, Tay Diggs. Oh, um, that's a good one. Yeah. Someone said Snoop Dogg, which I agree with. Chris Rock, Playboy, Cartier, uh, Hootie, Travis Scott, 90s Will Smith. Mm. Right. But again, kind of like to your point, it was like, um, like people say used to be Will Smith and it was like Will Smith, like. Will Smith was great in everyone's books until he like he slapped the shit showed, a little, yeah, showed a little yeah showed a little crack show a little crack in his armor and they're like oh nope not but this he's one. literally like from West Philadelphia it's like come on guys we we could have expected that yeah um, I will say and I'm skipping a little bit ahead in our outline that while thinking about this a lot of the people that I thought about as um safe for white people could be broken into categories between like black women and black men. And what I noticed is for the black women, a lot of them took on the approachable you go girl, fat or funny best black friend that you don't have to worry about would take your man. Right. And then the black men, a lot of them like Trevor Noah, you could put him in this category pretty easily. Like, have been sexualized a lot um, and typically date 
white women or have Trevor Noah sexualized? I feel yes. yeah, white women I, love yes. him. Really? Yes. 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 A thousand percent. I, it's, it's so weird because I would have felt like to me from my perspective, Trevor Noah feels like desexualized. Really? I feel like a lot and mm. I do feel like some people that like the the, the the black man that is like appealing to white people sometimes does feel like a little desexualized. For us, yes. Like, I feel like black women probably aren't like, oh, my God, I'm in love with Donald Glover, but white women fawn over yeah, him. Yeah, white women yeah, fawn like, over Yeah, like, Donald Glover, to me, kind of feels a little desexualized. Like, I'm thinking yeah. about, like, his character and community, like, just kind of very not... But I remember when I was at Vice, like, white women, when he released that, what's the, this is America, and he had his shirt off. Yeah. The white women... They are like, Ooh, oh, my God. They, and I'm looking they like... Were... I'm like, is they this your king? Off. Like, what is this? It's a dad bod. Like, yeah, they why are were, we excited they were ready this? To, they were risking it all for him. Yeah. I, I was just, I just noticed a very common thread that the black women were very approachable. And that's why they were in this category. And also the black women in this category, and we can put that in quotes, have never really made blanket statements aligning with whiteness. Yet the black men in this category, a lot of them exclusively or publicly have only dated white women or have even said very racialized and bad things. I think we can put ASAP Rocky in this category, too. Well, maybe him before dating Rihanna. Maybe him before dating Rihanna. Because I only heard about white girls being like, oh, my God, ASAP Rocky's so hot. Well, wasn't he with, like, Kendall Jenner or someone? Yeah, he was. And then he's also made disparaging comments about black women, too. Black women in color. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. That's something that I found very interesting. Like, yeah, y'all can y'all can share. No, I just, I, I just loved how you were like dissecting it and just, yes, pulling out those little nuggets. Um, but I, I came to this like conclusion as I was like looking through our notes and stuff, and I was like, wait, what happens? Like, because I feel like a lot of so-called Oreos have probably experienced this in their life too. Is like, what happens when you realize like you are the common safe black person for white people, and you're like, what the hell? Like, how did I get here? Why are you talking to me like this? We're not even on this level. Like the amount of people, white people, like I think back that have like tried to call me nigga. Like, oh god, I'm like, we are not cool like that. So, yeah. and then you realize like when you're not around, they point to you as like, oh, well, I have, I have a black, black friend. Man. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like... I feel like that's the reality of, like, we talked about celebrities, but that's, like, what makes you a safe black person in, like, everyday life? Um, and I feel like maybe it's kind of the things we talked about on So-Called Oreos where it's, like, you talk, you know, proper to them. Like, maybe you're from a certain suburban area. Maybe you have lighter skin. Maybe your hair is straighter. Like things that make you, that that pe- that society considers white, and that you have or are close to, that what makes you more approachable in terms of like school, you know, society, your job. Um, and I feel like that's the everyday life of what makes you approachable or the safe black person. Um, but I do think when we talk about celebrities, it's like you could see the drastic difference of like where people hold the women and where he, people hold the men. Cause I feel like a lot of the the men that we've said, like you said, have said like bad things about black women or like exclusively dating white women. They don't really speak out on social issues. Maybe like, um, and I feel like Lizzo is a prime example of that. Like she just makes music and white people happen to like it. And I feel like black men like are always constantly shitting on her. Like even this past week, what is it? Kanye said something about Lizzo. Like this woman didn't even say anything about you. Y'all are pressed to like tear her down. And then you're like, oh, she has a white audience as if the same, as if you don't have a white audience, Kanye, as if little Uzier, Travis Scott, Kid Cudi, J. Cole, Drake, all these niggas don't have a white audience. And y'all never say shit about that. Y'all never say y'all have a bunch of white people watching you. But God forbid Lizzo got 10 white girls. Y'all are like, oh my God, she's a sellout. Da 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 da. Beyonce, I hate her. I hate, like, it's just, it's not the same. And I need people to at least, especially men, at least address that because I feel like it's just a lot of things that they just are quick to say about the black women. It's like, y'all don't hold Kanye accountable to anything. Yeah. And like, I'm sick of it. And I can really say, I feel like. I could talk about Lizzo all day today and tomorrow because Lizzo sits at so many divisive intersections, being fat, being darker skin, being black, like 
her road was going to be hard regardless. And it's very interesting. We were talking about this when we were, you know, planning this episode. It's really interesting how there have been so many black fat male artists that have built their entire brands around being fat. You look at Fat Joe, Big Pun, uh, Rick Ross, like they talk about being fat in like every damn song, yet you don't have comedians and podcast hosts making jokes at their expense. Not at all. Not even a lick. Not even a little bit. I think also the issue too is just like generally there is something I think that riles I think there's just something that riles certain types of people up uh, at the sight of black women particularly thriving and minding their own business and I think it just irritates people because at the end of the day it's like why do you feel you have the right to go about your life in this manner in such a free manner let me cut you down to size and I really feel like that has a lot to do with like people can't stand the fact that like you said a black fat dark-skinned woman is at the top of her game on as an artist I just think people the image people the image people have of Lizzo they're like this doesn't make sense so then they immediately shit on it I 100% agree. And I think relating Lizzo back to our topic, I also think that weight plays a factor here, especially when it comes to women in these categories, because you look at Nicole Byer, you look at Oprah. I don't 100% agree with Beyonce being in this category, but so we'll just exclude her. (laughs) But just those three women that come to mind for me and the fact that I feel white people really like them and white women specifically like them and feel comfortable around them because I don't think they feel intimidated by them. I think they're like, this woman could never take my man because she's fat. And my man doesn't want to be with a bigger woman. And I think it just plays a role in her being funny and her being approachable and she's fat. Oh, I love her. I think it's also a caricature, like, um, or character, whatever it is, but like, um, of like it's kind of like with famous people again it's like the stereotype of what a black woman is or what a black man is so the stereotype of a black woman it's like the loud ghetto black woman like leslie jones who they only write when she was on snl they only wrote this woman as the fat black woman who was single who could never get a man and she was just loud and obnoxious and i want to be friends with her um and that's like who we see or the, the man who's, like, kind of more masculine or, like, attractive to white women or, like, rapper, like, gold chains. Like, that's who the white people like because it's, like, a character of, like, what they think black people are. Um, but I also think that's, like, similar. And we're talking about fat black, but you could also talk about Zendaya. I feel like white people love her. And I think it's because she's closer to whiteness. Her hair is packed almost, like, loose curly straight. She's, like, just very just like i don't know like I mean, you could put a lot of one. you could put a lot of um like tessa thompson yeah kiersey kiersey clemens um even uh from from blackish and uh yara shahidi. yara shahidi like there is a there is a subsect group of like young light-skinned black women that like white people tend to gravitate towards and who also get a lot of the parts in hollywood That's of course you correct. get you get yeah. access to stuff you get yeah i feel like that's the same with like the musicians like they get more opportunity because they are this like the people making the decisions and this is what i think a lot of people don't understand is like it's it's not just we just don't live in a world where it's like you're good at something and then you get the rewards there's so much that goes into success there's so much you know society politics um luck and that's one thing i realized like working at a comedy network is that like we would get a bunch of agents and like a lot of the agents are white a lot of the execs are white and that plays a big role in like who who is getting these opportunities on this comedy network because a lot of the agents feel safe with nicole byers comedy versus if this were to be like a sam J comedy like she would probably have a hard time because she's like talking about nigga 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 and all her sets she's saying real shit and so that's not as approachable like yes she's eventually got it but like Nicole Byers is a safe person for agents to pitch, especially if they want to meet a diversity quota. Um, and you realize that like these agents, like Nicole Byer legit was pitched in every fucking show. I swear 
to God anytime you mention a comedy thing. If it's Nicole Byer, you need a diversity person. It's black history, anything. It's Nicole Byer, Nicole Byer, Nicole Byer. As if there are not other black comedians, up and coming comedians that could fit this role. But that's the safe person. And that's who's going to get the opportunity. So like, if you don't fit into this role, it is going to be harder because white people make the, the decisions. Hi. My name is Jurian Arney, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and host of the Cultivative Conversation podcast. Join me as I engage listeners in conversation about mental health-related topics and use questions designed to assist with exploring things of gratitude, nostalgia, sharing, and learning, to normalize mental hygiene, and to invoke togetherness and intimacy through conversation. I hope to talk to you soon. But it's so interesting, like, when you follow people's careers too, it's like, how do they even become these safe black people? Because I remember Nicole Byer when she was on Girl Code, like back in the days like of MTV. And it just like wasn't, granted maybe she was more, she was less known then, but like to see her transition, it's like, how did she become this? Because that's also not where she started. You know what I I think? think? Oh, Kia, you can go. No, I just was, you said Girl Code, and I um, I also followed Girl Code, and I was going to say, like, the, the people that came out of Girl Code, in my opinion, the people that came, were the most famous out of Girl Code were not the funniest, and who also fits in that is Aquafina, who's the Asian version of that, who also came from Girl Code, Guy Code, um, and I feel like she's the safe Asian person um, who kind of did, like, the black and stuff that fit into that category, which is why she's famous, but yeah, that's all I have to say. I will say, because it is a good question, like, how do you get here and how do you get out of here? Because I feel like as three black women who grew up around white people, we were that approachable black person to a lot of white people around us unintentionally. We didn't do anything other than, I don't know, basically emulate the culture that we were brought up in. (laughs) like that's all we did right um I I know that there there was a turning point for me where I stopped hanging out with white people as much because some very racist things happened and I very publicly started hanging out with all the black people at school and I was like in Emoja and we had a march and I had a sign and my damn fist was raised and after that I don't think I was so safe and approachable to a lot of black kids that I went to school with. And I think like that black or white kids. Oh, the, the white kids that I went to school with. Um, and I, I think that that's kind of the thing that a lot of people, a lot of black people that are in this mold have to do. I even feel like Lizzo did that a little bit and her image has changed. It was a conversation that, white people loved Lizzo like maybe two years ago and then I noticed she went on an award show and all of her dancers were black and fat and before that I don't think they were as much but it it just seemed like she made this subtle statement and now I don't think as many white people are like oh my god I love Lizzo white people still love Lizzo but it was just like that subtle statement same kind of thing with Beyonce where the majority of her career or the beginning of her career, it's single ladies. It's, you know, a message for all women. And then Beyonce made a switch, became hella black. And now Beyonce's black and we all know that. Well, it like sucks because it feels like in order to reach a certain level with your career, you have to be palatable to white to people. That. And then once you reach that, it's like you it's can more switch effective. and- yeah and because you're already established exactly you've already established yourself as a power and now you have power and you have money and that plays a factor in what you're able to do and get away with um but like what happens to the regular folks right like what happens to all the rest of us who like aren't there yet you also have a moral conscience too like i feel like like you said janae like first of all i don't think there's anything you can do because some of the bits like things that are just natural like if you are mixed, if you do have lighter skin, if you do have straighter hair, I feel like that's things that you don't have control over that people take as closer to whiteness, closer to your approachable. Um, but I also think like same way, like in high school, I would never speak about anything because I was just trying to get through high school. I didn't want to like cause a ruckus and be like an outcast. But once I got to college and I realized like, wait, I'm that bitch and I have a lot of black friends 
then I would start posting shit and stuff. And the same people that were like friends with me in high school started like being like, oh, you, you're like a black supremacist or whatever, whatever stupid shit they would say. But I didn't care at that point. And I had to like wait to that time. But I also just think like, I guess you just have to be like yourself and like hope that that's enough. I feel like that's the end game to that. It's like, I just have to be like, this is how I feel. If y'all want to be around me, then sure. If not, then you can kick rocks and that's that. Yeah, I don't know. It's like interesting because like you hope being yourself is enough. But I think like I've also, I don't know, like it, it also just feels like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like I smile too much and y'all like take advantage or think I'm too easy. I don't smile. Oh, you're unapproachable. You're hard. You're this. And it's like, can I just like breathe? And like, and also it's hard too because black women like the stereotypes around black women specifically are unapproachable you're too tough you're mean you're hard-headed all these negative things so it feels like because you're fed that so much you like internally like struggle your whole life because it's like you try to fight against that image and then overcompensate for that and still even when you overcompensate you're not like you're still not good enough so i don't know i think it's i don't know i just think it's some bullshit and black women can't win it for sure you're right it feels like that it feels like that i know personally Isn't that everything though it is <laughs> um i know personally because i still think that white people really gravitate toward me specifically white women um whenever i feel that that's happening i just say something blackity black or i shit on white people like on purpose in front of them like if i have like a white person that I don't know well and I just feel like I'm becoming the side character in their life. I had a coworker like this at Vice um, and she would always tell me about her problems and she'd needed advice and she'd be like, girl. And I'd just be like, yeah, white people suck, man. <laughs> you know, like I, I would just kind of purposely do that because I'm like, you're not about to make me your side character. You're really not. Let's not, I'm the main character here. I'm not your sassy black best friend in the office that will help you through all your problems and that will be your sidekick. That's not me. I'm the main character. That's all you can do. No, that's that's all you can do. And it sucks that you have to do that. It sucks that you spend half of your life feeling like you're some white woman's trying to make you the side character in her show. And I feel like 90% of the time when I meet a white woman, she's trying to make me her goddamn side character. I'm like, I'm nah, bitch, I'm giving main character energy. Chill. Chill. Anyway. <laughs> um, should we go to the shits? Am I the asshole for telling my pregnant wife to stop acting like a child? (laughs) I, 35-year-old male, and my wife, 33-year-old female, are currently expecting our first child in December. I live in chronic pain due to a slew of health issues. I also work a job where I am on my feet constantly. I can't get a new job now due to personal reasons, but I plan on it as soon as possible. My wife quit her job right after we found out we were expecting. We always planned for this. The problem is she's gotten really lazy. I understand pregnancy is hard, but it's gotten to the point that she won't even make food or clean the house sometimes. Shut the fuck Let me keep reading. Let me keep reading. She's been whining and complaining constantly since the moment she took the test. She sounds like a child. I hungry. I sore. My head hurts. I'm sick. I can't shit etc. I understand these things are normal during pregnancy, so as much as it annoys me, I bit my tongue. The second I'd get home every night, she'd want me to do something for her. She expected me to cook and clean as soon as I got home every night. The straw broke the camel's back um, a few days ago. I'd just gotten home from a 10-hour shift and we and was having a flare-up. I just wanted to have a bath and relax because I was in so much pain. I told her I've had a terrible day and just door dash something. I rarely let her do this because those fees are ridiculous. 
So I considered this to be a treat, but she said that she wanted to eat or she could only eat something home cooked um, or she'd get sick. This is where I might be the asshole. I yelled at her and told her I've had the worst day and she needs to stop complaining and be an adult for once. She started crying. I immediately apologized over and over again, but she left anyway. A couple hours later, my mother-in-law called me and called me a misogynistic cunt in a slew of other names. I hung up because I don't need that. Now the beans are spilled and all the women in our family are mad at me and my wife still won't speak to me. Am I the asshole? Uh, yes. <laughs> There's so much to unpack here. Like, it's it's a little concerning. First of all, the fact that he started with, I have a chronic disability and I have X, Y, and Z. I don't give a fuck. No matter what you have is not equivalent to having a fucking person in your body that will come out of your vagina or stomach. Um, and for him to be like, I, I get it's pregnancy. No, you don't. You don't get it's pregnancy because it's literally, again, growing a human body, which men can never, ever, ever, ever do, which you will never, ever, ever feel. And I've never even had a baby, but I know goddamn well, that is probably the worst fucking pain that I'm ever going to feel in my entire life. Like someone could be stabbing me in the fucking eye and I'm sure pregnancy is worse than that. So if you're, if you agree that your, your wife is going to quit their job and if she's feeling like she's in pain and she wants something to eat, I just feel like she's giving birth or she's has pregnancy for nine months. You can do that for nine months because she's giving you a child. She's giving you your first child, which is a gift. You cannot do that for yourself. I feel like you just need to suck it up. I will say like, I guess it's annoying. You had a hard day and you know, she won't door dash, but like saying I let her door dash is concerning. I let her do that. Um, and I guess it's, it's kind of annoying if she, she really didn't door dash didn't want to DoorDash and you like couldn't cook but like to be like you're a whiny child <laughs> your pregnant wife is insane I do think it was kind of fucked up that she called her mom and then the mom called you a cunt which you were being a cunt but I mean she probably shouldn't have brought the marital issues to her parents but like you a bitch ass nigga for that I don't really know if there's like anything to follow after Kia's passionate uh um... passionate because i feel passionate about anything that involves like children or pregnancy i'm very passionate about i just think like i think if you have to like set it up with like all these things before you get in like i think this person knew that they were an asshole before they asked a question (laughs) and i honestly feel like all most people who do this thread probably know that they're like there's a good chance they're the asshole but I think it's it's interesting to me because as someone who experiences chronic pain, you would think they would have more empathy for their wife who mm. is having a baby, which also can come with a lot of chronic pain before, during pregnancy and after pregnancy. So I do think it's interesting that that is not the take that they're going with. And it's more like, hey, we're both going through different varying levels of chronic pain how can we make this work? I don't know. I just think it's interesting that you... I would think someone who goes through pain regularly would be more um, sympathetic and understanding. Wow, that's a really good point, Amari. Um, I think that there are they're both in the wrong. I think... Yeah, I think they're both in the wrong. I don't think they're good partners for each other at all. Because on one hand... I feel like I know people who suffer from chronic pain and work and do what they need to do and can still make themselves a hot meal at the end of the day because it's what they need to do to survive. And I feel like I know women who have had tough and terrible pregnancies and they can still pull up a chair to the sink and wash some dishes. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I know and and they're all black. Let's just put it where the goats can get it. Black people do what the fuck they need to do to survive, right? I just feel like on both ends, you guys could do more to be supportive partners and you guys aren't doing that. Like, it seems like you guys are both expecting someone to cater to you instead of catering to your partner. I don't know. I think I don't that's know. Yeah. I don't think that's fair. I don't think those two are comparable. To have a chronic illness and carry a child are two different things. I mean, but there are also still levels of chronic pain. I will just say I don't think it's fair to be like, you can be in chronic pain and do X, Y, and Z because you don't know. Mm-hmm. Because I think there have been situations where 
I knew people were in chronic pain, and that became an actual real life threatening illness. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. know for they were in chronic that much pain for that long. So I don't. I just think. It seems I like mean, he's think, in chronic pain and he has a job X, Y, and Z. It's saying he's only, I feel like he's only bringing up the chronic pain to be like, I know what it's like to be pregnant. I just don't think that's fair. Mm. Like he's only bringing up the chronic pain to be, to compare it to pregnancy. Yeah. And I, 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 I just feel like that's kind of immature. It's just different. Also, it's just if different. Yeah. If your wife is in that much pain, you should get her to the doctor yeah. because yeah. there are people who are pregnant and go on bed rest for months. Like, is this, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of questions. Also, like, I don't, people tell so many different stories and different, like, you ask this, if you, we go to ask his wife how this went, it would probably be told so different. Oh, 100%. I just don't. So it's just like, The wife could be saying, like, I just, I asked for a foot rub, and he's like, you're a fucking bitch. You're a child. <laughs> it's like, we, we don't know. Do you guys want to hear the top comment for this? With 24,000 yeah. upvotes. It says, yeah. ish. I've lived with chronic pain and I've been pregnant, so I can compare. And it sounds like, hold on. It sounds like neither one of you want to actually be supportive. It's more a competition of who has it worse. Um, and then someone else under that said he's in chronic pain, but has no choice but to work a 10-hour shift and then come home to cook and clean. In those 10 hours, she can't pull up a chair, do some dishes, throw pasta in a pot, throw some clothes in the machine. Surely anyone can, anyone in that state needs to see a doctor. Um, edit, for the folks telling me about what can happen in pregnancy, I'm aware I've been pregnant. And then someone else, and this is the last one I'll read to not get too deep into it. Someone else said, some pregnancies are awful. Maybe she has, I can't pronounce that, scatia, back pain, pubis symptoms, hard hard to breathe, heartburn, nausea, etc. I used to work 12-hour shifts while in chronic pain. He shouldn't, he should have sat down with her and had a conversation way before he exploded because his resentment was building up. If she's that miserable, maybe she does need to go to a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think. Also, maybe she's like, I don't know how postpartum depression works, but I feel like you can, like you can have those symptoms too, like when you are pregnant. So like, maybe it's not even just like the pain part. Maybe it's also a mental thing. I don't know. Having a kid is a lot. I also find this thread interesting. I feel like when you reach a point where you have to ask the internet about to, <laughs> to like, weigh in on your personal life, like, yeah, yeah you're definitely doing something yeah. wrong. I just <laughs> feel like they're both not great, but I think he's worse. Because if this, you should have had a converse, like that person said, you should have had a conversation with your partner and been like, if you're really really hurt, let's get you to a doctor, like, let's get a solution. Instead of just, like, dismissing her pain. You should also have a conversation about what it looks like when you're pregnant, like when someone's pregnant. Yeah. Like life is changing. Like, does that mean I have to stay home and you're, I'm expected to cook and clean? Because that's a capacity that I could do. Or am I expected to have a relaxing nine months? Like, mm-hmm. she probably went in and thinking, like, I am pregnant. I shouldn't have to do anything. Yeah. And he's probably looking at her like, bitch, if you won't stay home, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And they never had a conversation. Yeah, about expectations. And also, like, how many times, I wonder, like, before she got pregnant, when she was also working, was she expected to come home after a long day of Exactly. Work it seems stuff? like that's probably it, because now he's bitching about cooking and cleaning. It's like, nigga, have you never cooked and cleaned in the relationship before? That's a really she good point. She probably was always, she was probably always doing it, mm-hmm. and then probably stopped, because she's like, I literally cannot do it. And now he's like, well, now i got to cook and clean for myself. And let her. It's like, yeah, that's what she was doing. Yeah, when she worked a full-time job and then came home and cooked and cleaned for you. Yeah, that's a really good point. Okay, do we want to read another one or are we done? I'm good for either or. Mari? Is it better Is it better or worse than what we just went through? Oh, I would say that this is better. It's funny because you were saying that if you have to come to Reddit and ask the internet, you probably are the asshole. But this one, I think this Ooh, one is clearly not the asshole. Okay. This is shorter too. Am I the asshole for coming home early from meeting my boyfriend's parents? My boyfriend and I went to see his parents for the first time this weekend. It's it's Canadian Thanksgiving. We were supposed to stay Saturday, Sunday and fly back Monday. I'm writing this Sunday night already back in my own bed. 
My boyfriend's parents greeted us at the airport and bought us home. They then proceeded to ask me if I had drugs in my bag, and I was pretty shocked because who asked that? I said I only had Tylenol. They nodded and showed us to our rooms, which we were in separate rooms. I was in the guest room. My boyfriend slept in his old room. His parents were serving dinner, and during dinner, I was asked to pay my portion of Thanksgiving dinner, which was $30. I was pretty shocked and angry because who does that? I've never been asked to pay for someone's ingredient fees as a guest at their place. I didn't answer, and they confronted my boyfriend in his room and asked why I was asked to pay. Or, oh, and asked why I didn't pay. Um... Wait a minute, I read that wrong. I didn't answer and then confronted my boyfriend in his room and asked why I was asked to pay. He just says it's something they ask of their friends as well. When they have a barbecue, they ask people to pay their portion. Honestly, I'm shocked that they have friends. I reminded him he was he has eaten at my parents' place dozens of times and this was never asked of him. He claimed if they asked, he would have did it. Because it's rude to do, wait, I keep on, I'm sorry. He claimed if they asked, he would have, but they never did. Because it's rude to do that to guests. But his mom came and got me and escorted me to my room. <laughs> I was fuming and looked for tickets home and texted my boyfriend to say I was going home tomorrow. He called me and begged me to stay, saying his family already doesn't like me for not agreeing to pay for dinner and I'm just making it worse. I ignored him and rebooked an early flight um, and got a cab to the airport that morning. I told my friends and they had confirmed that they've never been asked to pay for a meal while they were a guest. And if they were struggling, why even invite me? Is this a normal practice? Their house was pretty big and I don't think they needed any money. Do we know the race of these people? Because it's giving the girls black and the guys white. Hmm. <laughs> it is. It's giving. It's giving racism undertones. I don't know. Do Why are they asking her if she has drugs? I, that, from I'm that saying question, racial. From that question, yeah. I was like, this. This, this seems, seems like a black girl. This seems like a black girl and a white. The white family is being racist and saying shit like, "Do you have drugs in there?" Like I don't know. I just can't imagine a, a white guy, white family saying that to a white woman mm. they're bringing home. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm just that's what I got from that. It's just giving weird energy. One, I don't know, it sounds like they're t- heading towards a breakup because break up I, don't with how, what? I don't know how you come back from that. Also, I'm like, if this is customary in your family for them to do that, wouldn't the boyfriend offer? To, Why to is pay? the boyfriend not offering to pay? Yeah. Either it's not customary or you're a bitch. I don't know. Which no, I'm saying, yeah, I'm like, saying, wouldn't he offer to pay her portion or when yeah. he goes to her, pa- or when he goes to her parents' it's house, not custom. he should it's offer, bullshit. he would have to offer to pay for his own portion because that's, that would be something he, I think he he's gaslighting her. I think he's gaslighting her to be like, well, if your parents did it, I would do it. First of all, my parents would never do that because they're not tacky. And I think they're lying about, it. they asked their friends to pay. Who is friends with someone that would do yeah, that? Yeah, that's just bizarre behavior. Asking for $30, y'all are just fucking cheap. That's weird. Y'all are cheap and- that's you don't weird. like it's like friend. i thought for, at first i thought it was like they went out to dinner and even yeah, then that seems a little odd to it's me tacky. but like to have it at your house like you you chose to host and said i was gonna do it i feel like when you host you automatically absorb also this is the, a terrible first impression on your parents part like asking if she has drugs asking can you pay? And then I was, it seems like the boyfriend didn't really stick up for the girl. Like, yeah, you should have. You should have been he like, said they already don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. It, when you tried to salvage the situation, you're like, they already don't like you. It's like, first of all, bad, 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 bad. But also you should have been like, mom, dad, you're wiling. Don't ask her that. Or you should have offered to pay. Exactly. If your parents were on some weird shit. Exactly. But to just right. let, let your girlfriend be like, uh, what? And then when she confronts you, you're like, well, they already don't like you. It's like, whoa, this guy has a lot of growing to do. Just leave him. And you don't want to marry into that family. That seems like a fucking nightmare. The top comment on this is, oh, boy, not the asshole. Congratulations, OP. You have received a rare and golden opportunity to view what your future with this man will look like. Don't take it lightly. Yeah, you got to get out of there. That that sucks. I hope they don't. I mean, I would. I don't know. But I don't know they, how you they live, if they if they live together. That's going to be a, an interesting. I would hope they would meet the parents before that. Yeah, I no. 
no, 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 no. But anyway, yeah, that's that's it for the shits, guys. This person was clearly not the asshole, though. Like I said, this person's clearly not the asshole. Well, thanks y'all so much for tuning into this week's episode. You can talk to us on social media at sufficientlyblk. Email us at sufficientlyblackpodcast at gmail with any questions or feedback. And you can also listen to us anywhere you get podcasts. And don't forget to follow us so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Until next time. Bye. Bye.